Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready for a digital dive? You're listening to the GZ Chop Shop Podcast, the weekly tech and gaming media podcast that breaks down the latest news, lore, and more. So plug in, because the GZ Chop Shop starts now. Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of the GZ Chop Shop Podcast, your go-to podcast for everything tech, gaming, and entertainment related i'm your host project tachi joined by my good friend and co-host wardners and as always we have a jam-packed episode for you guys so what is it this week it's actually pretty interesting um because if if you remember warners way 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 back in i want to say 2021 i i don't remember the episode but i know we talked about it and we talked about the boom of the gaming industry during COVID. Probably was in 2022. And I said, it's great, but I feel like it's a bubble. And I said, eventually that bubble's going to burst because it came out of nowhere. COVID, everyone was locked down. People couldn't go anywhere. Extroverts were losing their minds. Introverts were living their high life. And the gaming industry flourished because it was the only industry that could benefit from the. I mean, it more than flourished. It it, to, it like even up to now has become the the most lucrative uh, media entertainment. Yeah, in the world. Yeah, it, it's it's dominated. It, I don't have the number in front of me right now, but it's. It's topped music. Well, we, and we've talked about movies. it before, and it's it's it's. I I think now it's more common knowledge. Yeah. So, I'm here to say that that bubble has finally, maybe not burst, but it's definitely got a a, a, a leak probably, um, on the verge of bursting because nothing good lasts forever. So for all of everyone listening, um, it has come to light that gamers now are spending less on games. And I don't mean like games in general. I mean on purchasing new games where a bulk of that revenue comes, I would say originally came from. And it's also how a lot of IPs get recognized, how indie devs get their games out there uh how you learn literally of new games and new titles well it seems like a lot of gamers are now not spending money on new games and instead they're spending money on their already established titles such as roblox call of duty um 
and Fortnite, things like along those lines, League of Legends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So with that coming to light, a lot of the companies have come forward and they've had to say, hey, you know, share revenues have dropped. I think take two plummeted like 31% at one point in their share revenues. A lot of them have been taking a hit because new games are not selling now. And I wonder if this ties into what we talked about in, a pre- in a, literally our, our episode from last week, you know, with so many layoffs happening. People just don't have the money anymore. And games got more expensive. You know, you got these companies laying people off, but the games have gotten more expensive. But now these people can't afford their hobby anymore, so they're not going to buy it. And in turn, there was... I mean, I would think, like, I know here in Texas, like, eggs, for instance, were initially around a dollar fifty to two fifty, depending on the size of eggs you got. You know, if you wanted, like, a a large batch of eggs, like 18... Plus, you know, obviously it'd be a few more dollars. Uh, but over the past year, like recently, uh, I went to like Walmart and Target and they had uh, eggs for, it was like $9, $10 for 18 eggs. It's fucking crazy. I, I get my eggs at Whole Foods now because they're cheaper. So if if eggs and dairy and, and just like everyday basic things are doubling and tripling in price in some areas then of course that's going to affect people's pockets and determine how many, how much they spend on, on other activities like gaming. Yeah. So I think we're just starting at, we're at the phase now where we're going to see the downside to, to the media of like gaming, because it can only flourish really as long as, Gamers are willing to spend money. And I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, gaming is going to go to under. That's absolutely not the case. Um, no way. No way. Because with, you know, with DLC and microtransactions, gamers are still shelling out money. What the problem is, is it's going to be hard for new studios to make their mark. Because if, if gamers are only going to put their money, and this is great for you know, Activision Blizzard and, 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 and Rockstar and all those who, you know, are milking their, their brands. It's perfect for them, but for new developers, it's going to be harder. It's bad for the future of gaming as a whole too, because the backbone of true gaming innovation comes from indie games. Some of them, the, the most fun, innovative games start off as indie games yep. a lot of them and there's a lot of indie games even now that you know the we all none of us would agree are the most popular have the best mechanics they're buggy but they're fun mm-hmm. and they're fun with friends um seven days to die is a popular one that that's a that's a really enjoyable crafting survival game that's a lot of fun um if you go on Steam right now, you can find plenty of free games just like that. Um, and pretty cheap games as well, like $10 or less, that are so much fun to play and a lot different than what you would typically get from AAA games that sell well and have done done well for years. And if we start seeing those go away or not do as well, or some of these companies go under because they can't even get their products out anymore, that's going to leave us with 
with a version of gaming that is so monotone and mundane and just the same things being spit out literally what we are already seeing and but on a whole other level because at least now at this very moment we have options a lot of options yeah now here's my question do you think the current state i know we 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 talk on it sometimes and we've touched on it but do you think we're in this position now because of how we as gamers things we've get as gamers have done we've set this kind of trend because yeah we yeah we did this to ourselves yeah. and i a hundred percent blame the new generation of gamers one hundred percent and and like that sounds like that's something kind of like a boomer thing to say it, it kind of is but i sit in the middle here and i i think i think part of you does too because we are able to see gaming for what it was before our time and then what it has become. We're in the middle here. And we, our generation of gamers, for the most part, are still versatile. We're still flexible. We're still grounded. Mm. As of, you know, versus this new generation of gamers only wants to play what's competitive and fast-paced and popular and gets them views. And yeah. it's a very selfish narrow point of view of gaming yeah basically they're looking like for where's our next where's my next uh tiktok clip coming from it's it's what i said a couple couple two three episodes ago about about it it's it's like people are this generation of gaming it's like they're just self-proclaimed directors in their own world trying to get that perfect clip and they don't care about winning the game they don't care about helping the team or the actual objective they just care about what makes them look good and it's something that again we've touched on quite a few times that is unfortunate because when streaming first started it was really cool it was Mm -hmm. cool because for the first time you got to interact with more than just that friend that came over to game with you or that group of friends that you you game together you know, every Saturday or, or whatever the case was, you got to share it with a broader group of people. And when it first started, there was no money involved. You didn't get paid for it. You did it. It was just for fun. I did it for fun. But as soon as money got involved, it almost immediately overnight just turned into this greedy shithole of just selfish crap that has slowly degraded what gaming was originally intended for which was to bring people together to have fun yeah and and it's funny when you mention you know the everyone going i swear i'm not this salty in real life (laughs) but it's it's funny when you mention the go everyone going for the competitive edge because that's actually factually back there's a a site that i check every now and then and they basically give like the statistics on What's the most played PC game? What company is leading in gaming, you know, sales and revenue? Which, fun fact, the one dominating is, uh, I'm going to break every Microsoft fanboy's heart. It is not Microsoft, despite how much money they've opened. They're actually, I believe it was number, they're not even in the top five. I think they're like six. No, no, I'm, I, I stand corrected. They're not in the top three. They're shy of it at like four or fifth. The number one in terms of generated game revenue is, and this should be no surprise to you because we talked about them before, 
Tencent. Tencent is actually leading in gaming revenue market. Yep, Chinese company Tencent. I, now I forget. Does Tencent own Riot Games, or they own a portion of Riot Games? I think they own Riot Games. Okay, I, that's what I thought. I, I thought they owned it because League of Legends is to this day still the most lucrative, most popular competitive game in the world. It it, mm-hmm. it it gets more views during the national competitions than the Super Bowl. It gets more than soccer. It gets more than every sport combined during yeah. their competitive season, which is insane. It's not something you hear a lot about. Uh, it's not always every single year, but most years they generate more views and money and time spent than most of the sports combined. It's crazy. No one ever believes me when I tell them either. They're like, no way. I'm like, fucking look it up. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And then right behind them is Sony. So those two make up the biggest in terms of, of revenue with gaming. Um, so sorry, X, sorry, Xbox. You guys are actually fourth place, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and some big names on here are, are, you know, in the terms of top 20 Bandai Namco take two, um, Activision Blizzard, but yeah, in terms of most downloaded games, especially on PC, most played games, uh, number one is Roblox. You know, and I, I does Roblox have a competitive aspect? Like I've I, I know that it's for an audience of typically like 13 and under, but it seems like even after people have aged out from it, they come back to it. I I don't understand I don't know the premise of Roblox, so you know I'm I'm not like trying to make fun of it. But in terms of PC, it's number one. And then you know, it's followed by things like League of Legends, Call of Duty, all the competitive stuff, which I'm like, I get it half the joy of video games was being able to play with your friends play together you know setting up land parties back in the heydays and playing but it Halo. was fun more often than not though it was fun it, it was, was fun. competitive but it was fun yeah but yeah. how easy is it for people on the internet to be complete assholes to each other and to strangers that's the thing and that seems to be like what that's where the toxicity comes from i don't know you therefore i don't give a shit about you therefore fuck you what are you gonna do about it i'm gonna be a complete i'm gonna be who i really am or who i wish i could be on a normal day to day who people are when they feel there are no repercussions that's who they really are and the amount of people that are truly like that is astounding so if you find yourself online being completely shitty at all times in a competitive environment to all these strangers that you don't know that's what your soul is really like you're really that person just something to think about not that i'm mr perfect over here i I can be a real piece of shit too but can we at least acknowledge it (laughs) everybody can we at least acknowledge that on some level all of us are a real piece of shit yeah Cause even, even though I'm not a trash talker in games, um, it does not mean it doesn't cross my mind. And if given the moment of sweet, sweet revenge, I can be super shit. I've done it in call of duty. Cause it's human nature, it's, but it's just exacerbated in games. because of the lack of repercussions through via the internet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and surprisingly, one of the top four games in general that people are like playing right now, Sims, The Sims Four. I can't imagine why that you know I was <laughs> you wondering just about that. Mind your own fucking business. <laughs> yeah, and get lost in just nothing. I have a good friend of mine, and she's a big Sims fan. She's a gamer, but she's a huge Sims fan. Like anytime I see her online, she's playing The Sims, and I get it. It's like, you know what? I've because it's like two extremes. The people who want to ruin each other's day for clips and and clout. Basically, because let's be honest, half the time, even if they're not posting, they're doing it for their own ego. Like when you go on a competitive game, really think about it. And I'm not talking to sport. I know if you play an esport, then it's a whole different mindset, you know, for why you're probably doing it. You, you love your sport and you, you finally you got recognized for your skill and you can turn something with it. But I'm talking your average day-to-day person, the person who, you know, you're not going to get anything else. You're out not going to get anything out, else out of it. Why likes you, comments and being shitty to another human being? Yes, and winning and things that bring you personal desire and 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 the feel goods for yourself. There you go. So I'm like, and again, I'm not saying. I can't be like that. I'm just saying, let's just acknowledge it. People. Let's just, let's acknowledge just it. because why else? Let's would just you look in a mirror and go, ah, oh, yes, I see it. Yeah. Why else would you put yourself in a PVP arena at all when there's nothing to gain from it? And a lot of people go, oh, well, it's for the stats. It's for the, it's for the, that literally proves the point we were just saying. It's a personal gratification that you ruin someone else's day because ultimately that's what it comes down to. It's two extremes. The people that are minding their own business. That's why games like The Sims. They get to build their ideal world because they're sick of this one. Satisfactory. Satisfactory. Because that's what that was our thing. A lot of crafting games, really. A lot of crafting games. Mm-hmm. A lot of simulators. You just kind of get to do your own thing. Not think about anything and just do that. Yeah. Just kind of be chill and happy. Yeah. No one coming along then, to ruin your the, day. The other side's just complete horrible chaos at its finest. Yeah. It's two extremes. And it's kind of like it's scary when you walk the line because then it's just like you you love a little chaos, but you need that peace too. And then you're looking at the people that are on the extreme op- because here's the thing, and I notice, and I I I please I implore people. To prove me wrong. There is. I believe. The type of game you play. Is based. Off of your environment. That'll send you to either or of the extremes. I think if you had a. Probably like a a sibling. And you lived in a. Okay, as as a black male, I will say the trend that was expected from my peers and men of color was we were playing Madden, NBA 2K or whatever NBA game was out at that time, and GTA and Call of Duty. Those are the four. If we deviated off of that back before gaming was a thing, that's when you were a nerd. But as long as you fell in those that category, you were 
it was okay. And I don't understand. I never understood like why we had to start playing those, you know, those games so adamantly. It seemed like that was for the, the, the guys who wanted to maintain their popularity facade. And maybe that's where it ties into to maintain their popularity facade. They had to say those were the games they played. Cause if I come along, I was like, yo, I actually play Pokemon or tales of whatever, or, you know, Final Fantasy. Back then, people were like, what? Why, why are you such a nerd, man? No, you need to get on that call. Do you need to get on that? Mo- you need to get on there and ruin people's days. Why? <laughs> like, why? Why do I have to do that? And I wonder if it's like the environment you're, you know, you, you're raised in. You know, a lot of those people, they had siblings. And it was like, oh, there's there's dude, I, I've I've looked into this uh, at least a little bit. There is a whole psych breakdown on the history of gaming and the type of people that play certain types of games and how they play those games. It is it is crazy. It, it's almost like, you know how they say you can't look at somebody. You shouldn't look at someone and judge them. But we all know that if you look at somebody and hear them talk for a couple minutes, you can, you can judge them. Like you can tell the type of person they are pretty quickly. Uh, apparently the same goes for gaming and the type of games people play and how they play them. And you know, it's funny you say that because there's a lot of interesting reads out there. uh, Yeah. And I, I definitely recommend you guys going in and, and reading it, especially this, this is also proves that, you know, gaming isn't just for the kids. I, I highly recommend parents Read up on this stuff, the kind of games your kids play, and then read up on the trends of of those games that they play, because it might help you understand. Like, Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot of parents will come in and it's like, I'm like, I don't understand how my kid could play this game for X amount of hours and why he plays. First of all, you bought the game for them. <laughs> so that's on you if they start crafting out a certain personality type, because the reason I don't think I was so into Call of Duty and GTA and and all that stuff until I got older and was mature enough to handle it was because my family did not play that. Oh, I'll judge anybody right now. And so many people are going to hate me for this. But if your kid is anything younger than a teenager and you give them online access to games like Call of Duty, you're a real piece of shit person. I agree. And you deserve the family and the children you end up with. (laughs) A hundred percent. And the society that you help create for that. Yeah. The the video games are not a babysitter. And my parents, my mom, 
And my grandfather made sure of that. Um, when the ESRB thing came out, oh my goodness, I tell you, my mom is not a gamer, but she knew about the ESRB and she did not play. When I was a kid and I got my first system, my Nintendo 64, my grandfather got it for me. I still got it to this day, still works. She immediately looked up how to understand the game rating systems. And she made sure she was like, he is not allowed to get anything that does not say E for everyone. When I hit otherwise these hands. Yep. Yep. And when I became a teenager, she was like, okay, T for team max, but don't be bringing no M for mature in here. And I see, I had a little differently um, because no one seemed to have given a shit what I did. <laughs> However, because of the times I lived in, uh, playing online with other person or other other people wasn't really a concept up until Halo Two. Then it kind of became a thing, mm-hmm. and even then, I didn't have a lot of access to it. But I did play a lot of games that I probably shouldn't have been playing. Like, do you remember the game The Suffering? Yeah. Back on the Xbox or Xbox 360, yep. one of the two. Yeah. It was like a psychological horror game. Mm-hmm. I play I loved games like that. Yet as a teenager, I could never bring myself to play Grand Theft Auto because I felt like such a piece of shit for doing anything in that game that you that we all know you can do. Because mm-hmm. you could do some fucked up stuff in that game. Yeah. The most I'm not judging anyone. I, I just I didn't get into games like that or try games like that until I got older. Yeah. I played the the first Grand Theft Auto I actually played for myself was Grand Theft Auto 4. And just to show how slow Rockstar produces Grand Theft Auto games, that was PlayStation 3 era. Was was Grand Theft Auto 4 and Vice City the same thing? I never played Vice City, but no. Okay, so they were they were two I I just couldn't remember. Yeah. I know Grand Theft I played Auto. most of them, but like you like they they're all so spread out. Yeah. And I did get five, but then I traded in my 360 and Grand Theft Auto five with it because I just didn't, I didn't like, I don't know things. There's certain things about Grand Theft Auto. I just don't like one, the online community. When I, when they were like, Oh, we're doing online. My introduction to the online community day one, I was turned off from it because I spawn in and this was a big issue in the beginning. It was griefing. And it was a lot of people were getting pissed off because I came in my first character. I just wanted to establish myself. And my first experience was someone rocket launching me <laughs> across the street at my spawn point. <laughs> RPG out of freaking nowhere. <laughs> that was your first experience. First experience. And what makes it worse, the thing is, Maybe I maybe I'm the only person that does this. When I meet a troll in a game and I see the character they have, first of all, they make sure to make the most trolly looking character they can. It's it's a menace. It's a villain. It, yeah, because it's a very obvious villain. It's an obvious villain, and they know you don't know what they look like. And the first thing you're going through is like, is it a teenager? Is it a freaking twelve year old? And you're just picturing the most annoying person you can imagine. Is it an eighty year old grandma. You don't know. There's no you, way you don't know. And they know you don't know. And it adds to the annoyance and the trolling. Because <laughs> there's no repercussion. There's no repercussion. For being a douchebag. And I'm like, and I'm trying to. And then I said, okay, day one, step outside, 
get an RPG to the face. It's it's Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I go, I find a car. <laughs> I'm minding my business. There's people in the chat you're doing whatever. You're still like upset about this. And I'm still <laughs> upset to this day. <laughs> I go get a car. I remember it was a Lambo and I'm backing my car out from the convenience store, minding my business. And lo and behold, doesn't the son of a bitch find me again? And do I need to tell you what happened to my new car? Did did he blow you up? He RPG'd me again. (laughs) That's your fault for Dick. I'm like, dude, (laughs) that's what you get for trying to enjoy a game. And I never went back to online. See, my only online experience was with Halo 2. And the only reason I even went out of my way, because you had a landline back then. There was no like Wi-Fi. That was not a thing. Yeah. Unless you had the adapter. Um, I didn't. Yeah, we didn't have that. So (laughs) the only reason I did that is because I participated in so many Halo 2 competitions for a couple of years. And the uh, place I used to go to got like eventually shut down. And I didn't, I just ended up not doing it anymore. So the only way I could compete was online. So that was the only, and, and, and at that time I was so, I guess, I, I guess I was so good at the game that it never crossed my mind that I was, I never thought I was being shitty. Like, like there was teabagging and stuff, not, mm-hmm. not for me, but like that, that was a thing, but I guess because I had done competitions in person for so long that when I went to online, like I kept that sort of mindset and etiquette. So I didn't think that way. And then it really wasn't until after I got out of the Navy and Wi-Fi was a new thing. Um, and I had a PlayStation, I think it was a PlayStation three and I, I started playing some games online and, that was the only way I could play with other people or old friends. Um, so I, I didn't really have a lot of experience outside Halo 2 with like online play. World of Warcraft. I played that for a while as a teenager, I guess. That mm-hmm. would be another one. But even then, it wasn't the toxicity wasn't there. It was kind of like a, there, a lot of people may not know this that are newer to that game or maybe they've never played World of Warcraft. But when the first several years of wow, there were PVP servers you could play on. And as long as you were in neutral areas, you were safe. But if you went to areas that were, I think they were, they were very obvious. Like when you went into the area, it told you it was a PVP area. So you went to it at your own risk and you knew what was going to happen. If you went there, you knew what the risk was. But I never felt like there were trolls, but it was just different then. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because the internet and online gaming was still fresh. Um, and it, it hadn't become what it is now. But it was just a different type of trolling. Like it just wasn't the same as what it is now. And yeah. those two games, Halo 2 and, and World of Warcraft, were the only experiences I had with online gameplay as a kid. And so I never really <clears throat> felt the, the like how toxic it could be up until maybe the past few years seeing it escalate. That because, you know, you grew up in the in the era. It was like 
you were learning as it was happening. You know, you were right. <clears throat> developing that that thick skin as it was coming along. Um, and for me, you know, I I was always I went from being delayed on my consoles to, you know, once I got in the Navy, being able to, you know, afford all my consoles when they came out. Like and, and that shit was fun. Being on the ship with, with with your with the friends that you made in the military and just gaming together. That yeah. was no different than gaming with your friends on, on landline parties back in the day. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was not the same as if anything, it was funnier. Oh yeah. We used to have Mario Kart uh on the DS in the birthings at night we'd all be in our racks playing mario kart just yelling insults to each other when we would throw items at each other during the race but it was fun and it, it was paying homage back to the heydays of like nintendo 64 and playstation one and two mm-hmm. you know when you, you 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 had to be in the same room and playing those games together getting that real-time reaction you know i like i said for the longest time for years i rejected the concept of teabagging now in Call of Duty, I embrace it. He's like, now I'm a now I'm a monster. No, I am it's, the monster. Every time you do it, is this what you wanted? <laughs> Look what you turned me into. But the reason I do is it, this though, the monster you wanted. I I consider myself like a, a, in, a real Doctor Jack Jackal, Mister Hyde yeah, situation you know. there with that game, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, and and Burn can attest to this. I I usually only am a dick to people that are being dicks. Um, or to reference dot hack, just to show how old I am, um, the player killer killer. That would be me. Like if you are and, and, and beware if you're on call of duty and you see the name Itachi 266, I am not phenomenal, but if you're a camper, I will teabag you when I finally kill you. <laughs> you know, here, here's my thing with, ca- with camping. Though, was like, we all complain about camping, but I, it's a, okay. Yes, it's a game, but wouldn't most of us in real life sit in a corner, of like strategically sit in a corner and take out our enemies. <laughs> I mean, or would we run around bunny hopping and, and, and pouncing so and here's the funny you know what thing. I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm just saying I play, and I'm not by saying ain't saying any I don't want to sound like a gatekeeper. I mean, oh, here we go. Play however you want to play. Like the Elden Ring gatekeepers tick me off. You know, the melee purists complain about the magic users. They complain about the magic users the way I would fuss about campers. Um because there is justification, there is small justification to what the melee people in Elden Ring say. You can cheese with magic. You can. I've been a magic user since day one. I would know. <laughs> but at the same time, it's meant to be played however I want to play. But I have tried other strategies. I have stepped out of my comfort zone and done melee pure mage pure a mix of the two i didn't just stick to the one that was the easiest the reason people don't like camp and i don't like bunny hoppers either i hate both equally because bunny hoppers i always side eye them because i'm like how the heck did you just run i'm sitting here quietly not making a sound 
you just randomly springboard this corner like you got to take a shit to seem in see me midair snap to me and shoot me in the head all in one go how did you do that how does and then you know people oh it's called map awareness no no <laughs> that is no because if i'm just randomly coming out this door and you just bunny hop this corner and perfectly headshot me i don't trust you anymore you are now enemy number one. Now, people that slide, it's annoying when they beat me, but I'm like, I can see that that's realistic. I can't say much because in Destiny 1, I was really good at slide scoping people. But sliding is a mechanic meant to be used. Like in Call of Duty, they nerfed how high you can jump because it's supposed to be more realistic. So you're not supposed to be able to space jump. Now, if you bunny hop me in like halo or something that's a mechanic built into the game it's meant to be it's futuristic it's not meant to be realistic it's meant to be as crazy as possible there's a reason that all those guns are the way they are but if i'm playing call of duty and you're bunny hopping all around the map and i've caught many people in the chest with a shotgun that have done that i enjoy ruining their streaks and bunny hops you know like why like, uh, but you know, hey, play your way. But with campers, if you're sniping, I don't get mad because what sniper is going to be running around the map? But if you're sitting on top of a <clears throat> vending machine in the corner of a map, sitting in the corner with your back against the wall, just waiting for someone to walk by because you're too scared to step out there then I'm going to make it my personal mission to ruin your experience of that game. Drill charges all day. And here's the thing. Campers have no, you can't say if it's your strategy, you're going to be aware of your surroundings. They always set claymores. They all do the same thing. They set a proximity mine. They set a claymore. They sit in their corner and they wait. Their awareness of actually playing the game is so terrible. I cannot tell you how many times I have literally thrown a drill charge at the wall they're sitting next to and they do not move i sit there i throw the drill charge and i wait and then i see my 150 points and then i walk away because they don't move and then they go back they don't change tactic they go right back to their corner now you explain the strategy to me in that hey i'm just saying man <laughs> obviously you're very upset i'm very upset this is a key issue right now it is it is a very high stress point for me i don't i i i hate but uh, to be to be honest i do hate bunny hoppers and campers in equal measure so yeah if they're one of the two i make it my mission to uh to ruin their their mechanics and their experience and i teabag the campers because i'm like objective base too, like objective base games i can understand hunkering down you're defending territory so i guess i should be clear i'm talking about like in tdm team deathmatch where you're supposed to go out there and do combat how is a tdm match going to progress when there's crickets because both teams are sitting in one spot yeah domination i get it you're defending your spot I'm not supposed to know where you're at. You're defending your your flag. Headquarters, hard point. 
that all makes sense, but they're not in those modes. They're camping in TDM. How does that make sense? I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> I don't really mess with Call of Duty anymore. I only mess with it because, you know, Burn plays it. That's the only reason. But I would love to know your guys' thoughts. Let me know your thoughts on the on the subject. Uh, hit us up on the website, osntacmedia.com. We would love to know what you guys think. If you're a camper, please let me know. I know some people say it's because they're colorblind and they can't keep up with the colors. Let me know. You guys heard That's my bullshit because I'm colorblind. Oh, well, there you go. Guess that just got debunked. <laughs> and games have, I don't know, colorblind modes. Yeah, so. They do have colorblind mode. They do. But anyway, let us know your thoughts. Hit us, hit us up. We would definitely love to hear from you guys. Um, do you buy new games or do you just keep investing in the ones you already have? We would love to know. Anyway, you guys have been amazing. Stay safe out there. Take care of yourself and each other. And we will catch all of you wonderful people in the next podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everyone? Project Itachi here. Did you enjoy the show? If so, think about supporting us on Patreon or Acast for exclusive perks, content, and more. Also, visit our store, thegzshop.com. You can find all of our links on our website, osn-media.com. Until next time.